Hi everyone, this is Pedro Hardy from the Mental Fabric Podcast, and I'm here with a huge celebrity. This person has almost 115,000 followers on social media. Um, again, that's one one five and a K. That's a lot of that's a lot of people following you. And Freya, Freya's story is so unique, and the way she conducts herself every single day. I think. This is one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on the podcast. So Freya, that's your big introduction. So, welcome to the show. So who is Freya? Oh man, when you're saying that 115, I'm like, how did that happen? Who are all these people? You know, it's like, it's so surreal. It really is. It's hard to wrap your head around. So you just gotta keep it humble there with, with all of that. Kind of go back to my days of when I had 500 followers. You know, it's, it's, it's harder to, to, Ooh, there's a lot more pressure when you know, you got more eyes on you before you're like, ah, oh, like 500 people out there. I'll just say what I want, do what I want. No, no one's watching anyway. <laughs> How do you, so can I ask you a question real fast before we start? One of the biggest yeah. things that blew my mind is that how fast you responded to my message. Ah, uh-huh. like you have 115,000 people. Like I was like, she's never going to get this message. So like that is to me mind boggling that you within like 20 minutes you responded. Like, yeah, I respond to all my DMs. Everybody who sends me a message, I'm personally responding to them. <sighs> That's part of this mission that I'm on. You know, it's part of who I am. You know, if we want to talk about who is Freya. Well, I'm I'm here. You know, when when you told me part of your story, Pedro, you know, for the people, you know, creating that community. Creating that community. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. I am a real person. And a lot of times people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you responded. Like, of course. What? You know, social media is just getting out of touch. So I'm not better than you. You know, like, mm-hmm. who am I? I'm just like you. And I, I really want people to to, ha- to feel that, you know, that that real that realness of, of humans that we all are. So when you say you, right? Like you're going back to actual people. We're talking about a, a person, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, like all those people that are, that are messaging me, or all those yeah who are reaching out. Mm-hmm. So when I posted that I was interviewing you, I probably had 27 to 30 people say, "OMG, I cannot wait for that." Ah, awesome. So you already had a following within my following, and I didn't even <laughs> know that. I was just like. <laughs> Wow. Well, I guess we, weird, picked, eh? we, we picked the right person to be on the podcast. So ah. Freya, tell me your story because I know, I know your story, but tell the people what's your story and how did you come to this point today? Yeah, cool. You know, man, it, I get asked this question a lot and I'm like, how, how far back do I want to go in the story? And I got to keep things a little concise sometimes because I, I'm a talker. I can talk and talk and talk <laughs> and you got to cut me off. Okay. So feel free to <laughs> cut me off. You have a lot um, to say. We want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm born, I'm a Canadian. So I got some Canadian roots. I'm actually half Danish. You can tell by the name, you know, Freya is Scandinavian. It's a Norse, Norse goddess name that my mother gave to me. And she, she has so much pride when, when she introduces me. Freya you know it's the <laughs> goddess of love and beauty i'm like oh mom come on you got to tell everybody that 
I love it. She's a very proud mother. So she she named me Freya um, for that reason. It also has me, gives me that, that um, um, cultural um, ancestry background because my dad was born in Denmark. And it's so interesting, you know, because Denmark has been named one of, you know, year after year, the happiest country in the world. Canada is also one of those places that's up there. I don't know how how well their ranking is. Sometimes it's over in those European countries that are so cold and dark (laughs) for half of the year. I don't know how they stay so happy over there. (laughs) It's the simple Um, pleasures, I bet. Yeah, yeah, it's the practices, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the community, it's the connectiveness. But yeah, that's that's like some of my background. Um, And then I was raised by uh, a mom who, you know, she did her very best. She really struggled. We, we lived in some the hood for a little while, you know, um, and it was rough. You know, I'd get bullied. I didn't really have a lot of things that I wanted. And then over time, my mom established herself and she went on to a second marriage. And we, we had a little bit more luxuries of life. And I went to a private school and, you know, we had a backyard pool and stuff like that. And so I, I'd say like on surface, things things started to look better. Um, and I always had a passion for dance and music, Hmm, dance arts. So as a kid, I was going to dance class a number of times a week and I was performing and I was competing. And by the time I was 18, um, my mom was like, Oh, the, we have a football team here called the, the Canadian football league. And uh, in the team in my city was called the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And they were looking for cheerleaders. They were looking for dancers. And my mom was the one that pushed me into that because otherwise I was very shy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta perform in front of 40,000 people. I, what is this? So I went to the audition, I made it. I started to dance uh, professionally with, the, Nash, uh, with um, the Canadian Football League. And so dance just really followed me along and it still does. Dance is a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this self-expression, you know, and meeting with music because I'm a huge music lover. Uh, and I learned that dance and music is how I regulate how I decompress, mm-hmm. how I recharge, how I charge, you know, charge and recharge and mm-hmm. um, decompress all of that in one. Um, so I really love being able to 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 express um, through art, like with my own physical movements to inspire other people, to be moved by music through the, the art of dance. Um, and so that was always in me. And I always also had this um, need to help others. Um, I ha- I'm the oldest, oldest out of uh, four younger uh-huh. siblings. So two of them that are with my dad and two of them that were with me um, growing up with my mom. So I was closer with the ones that were living with me in my household, but I was very much in a caregiver role for them. Uh, that was very ingrained, this caregiving role. And so uh, it kind of blurred the lines of like, are you my sister or are you my mom right now? Like, who are you? <laughs> you know, there was I a totally big, get it. Yeah, there was a big age gap too. So, um, you know, since then, the, my family's gotten a little bit estranged over the years. However, 
um, being a helper was huge. So naturally I wanted to go into some sort of line of work where I was helping people and the type of people that I wanted to help were those people who were the most underprivileged, uh, the most struggling. So I gravitated towards the criminal justice system and helping people who were in conflict with the law, uh, helping to, I always say habilitate because these, you know, the word rehabilitate, rehabilitate. You can't rehabilitate if you've, they've never been habilitated to begin with. So these people who don't have like a clue about certain skills or ways of thinking, they're just really ingrained in limiting beliefs because of the environments that they've been raised in. So that was a huge draw to me. Like, give me the biggest challenge. Give me the biggest challenge to work <laughs> with these people. And so I did that for 20 years. Um, I did that for 20 years and then there just came a time and there was like a few years leading up to that. I'm like, you know, I would walk into work and I'd be like, I don't feel like I'm going to keep coming in here. I feel <laughs> like there's going to be a day that this is all going to end. There's something else. Just this weird kind of intuitive sense, you know? Um, and I knew the, I knew the, the strengths that I had because I would get a lot of feedback from my colleagues in terms of teaching and speaking and motivating and making things very clear and easy to understand. I would get that feedback from not only my colleagues, but my clients too. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had something else in me, but it was just waiting for the right time. So 20 years later, um, I resigned and decided to take a leap of faith sell my house I was going through a lot of major transitions just in my personal life as well um experiencing a divorce and raising a teenage daughter well she's a teenager now she just turned 15 and decided okay we're going to continue on our mission so i founded free to be you coaching which is an online coaching platform that teaches empathic and highly sensitive people how to increase their self-compassion and set boundaries. And so I'm a teacher of self-awareness. I'm a teacher of self-compassion because I believe that when you share, you know, just information and you share helpful perspectives with people and give them feedback when they're open to receiving it, just sharing your observations because I'm very intuitive and deeply sensing of what's going on with people. That's one of my talents um, in, in giving them these insights that allows them to increase their, increase their consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when you're more conscious as a human, then you can make better choices in life or just a choice for that matter, um, which then leads to your outcomes. And then you're learning, you're gaining more self-awareness from, from the outcomes, from your choices. So, um, yeah, it's it's wonderful work that I've been doing for the last uh, almost three years. It's coming up too. Wow! Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. That's big. That's big. It is. It is. And yeah. So there you go. There's there's me in a little nutshell. I mean, I mean, just looking at you, right? I can never tell that you were in that environment for twenty years. I mean, you look twenty one. Um, I mean, so you look very great for your age. And it's like, I mean, all these experiences that you've done and how you change your life. And it's just so impressive. Mm -hmm. And it's so impressive on so many ways, especially on the emotional side of it. Because, you know, 
my personal, you know, me going through a divorce and everything, like people do not realize how hard that is. People do not realize how hard it is to get from that, right? The emotional down, downward spiral. And then when you're at the bottom is how do I come back up? Who am I? Where's my identity? Where, where, where are my goals? My goals changed because my goals used to consist of this person or that person or whatever, right? Yeah. So hearing you just make this huge transition and every time I see you, you're smiling, like every post you're smiling and I get it, right? Social media, we put out our best, our best versions <laughs> out there. But even when you're doing your, like your daily posts and your motivation and stuff, I'm just like, wow, like, because I'm going through therapy mm -hmm. and I could just see everything. I'm just like, wow, she really knows her shit. And not this, not just knowing your shit, but the way you practice it, that's what right. you portray. And again, we can know all the information, but what are you putting into action? Yeah. Right. Are you, you can say self-care all you want, but are you doing the self-care? Are you mm -hmm. reading the books? Are you doing, like you said, you love to dance. You understand that dance is more than just a 30 minute fun time, right? It's, it's really, in your opinion, it's therapy in, in a way, right? Cause you're decompressing yeah. and you're showing your emotions. So that being said, and you, you've been doing it for three years, all the clients. So how many clients, not, not how many clients you have, we don't want to have that. But when you're talking to your clients, like, let's say I'm a brand new client and I come yeah. up to you right i let's just say i i used to be obese i lost all the weight right i want to start i want to be a new version of myself i want to become mm -hmm. the man that i always dreamed of mm. how would you help me become that yeah so i'm like a catalyst right because mm -hmm. it's on you to take that action and to have that willingness to take that next step of discovering yourself and what I like to do, and often I'll, I always do this in the first session that I have with clients that come to work with me, is very much a visualization exercise. So it's like, okay, what is it that you want to achieve? And so what I heard you saying, Pedro, is that you just want to discover yourself. I want to be what, a best what, version. Best yeah. version of yourself. Yeah, best version of yourself. And, you know, I would go through and just asking you like, well, what would that look like? What does that best version of yourself look like? How would, how would that best version of yourself be talking? What would that best version of yourself's relationships be looking like? How do you imagine showing up to work when you're your best version of yourself? Um, what are things that you're gonna be doing that you've never done before now that you're this best version of yourself? What changes and why is that important to you to be the best version of yourself? So we go through, I ask a whole lot of questions. And sometimes you're like, oh my God, Freya, like, I don't know. I never thought of this stuff before. I'm like, well, you got it now. Now it's time to think about it. You know, there's no right answer. Just, just needs an answer though. And if you don't know, then okay, you don't know. And for some people, they don't. It's really hard to put themselves into that future version of themselves. But a really important skill is that visualizing visualizing who you want to be putting yourself into that uh being a vibrational in vibrational alignment to who you want to be so that when it comes you're ready for it and it knows you're ready for it right if you're not in vibrational alignment with who you want to be you you can want it enough but you're not feeling it you're not visualizing it, it's never going to come so 
what I do is I go through this whole exercise, ask all these questions, and yeah, there's a few other steps that follow from there. No, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So like, what ends up happening is what you really want, you know, like what is it really that you're after? Okay, you want to be the best version of yourself, but what is it really? Maybe it's self-acceptance. Maybe it comes down to self-love. Maybe it's inner peace and inner calm, and that's what you really want. And, and it's not until you've achieved that, that you can really become the best version of yourself. So that that's everyone just saw her expertise. Boom. Right. Just there. Like, oh. I, I love how you were just like, so like outgoing and you're like, boom, you just locked in just like that. And you asked the right questions. Cause I, I think too many times, especially with social media, as you know, this, I always say this, I hate social media for the main reason I hate social media is the comparison aspect, mm. right? Like, well, Freya's doing a lot better than I am. So that means she's better than me and I'm never gonna be up to where she's at, right? And, you know, that comparison can make someone go down a rabbit hole. And like you said, I, I, this is the, I, I mean, I love when you said this, you said, well, you're talking about the best version of yourself, but is it more the self acceptance of yourself? Mm -hmm. like, that correlation, a lot of people don't know. It may, may not be, I want to be the best version. Maybe just, I want to love who I am. So I'm glad that you said that. Cause I know, I know a lot of people watching right now. They're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's what it could be. Right. So if it is my self acceptance, right? Like what kind of activities should I do? Like, should I, everybody tells me go work out. Everybody tells me go read a book, right? as being my life coach and then because it seems like you're not just a coach i i really see you as having a personal connection with all your clients you just come off as like like if i was your client i you like right now i feel like you're like my friend mm. and you're just like pedro get your shit together like but you're saying it in a loving way right like yeah. so like is that the type of connection you have with your clients or is it more like it's just professional or do you actually it's a, is it a, is it a, a deeper connection than just we're connecting, we're connecting and I'm coming to you with self, with, I'm coming to you with, with compassion and non-judgment, you know, and, and, and that really cultivated that skill cultivated in those 20 years when I'm having people who live on the street and who sleep yeah. on the sidewalks and who have their life, um, in a cart that they carry around all day, come to see me in my office, I'm treating them just as I would anyone else. That whole concept of I'm not better than you, you're not better than me. We are on the equal playing ground here. I'm here to walk alongside you on your journey, where you are, meet you, I'm here to meet you where you're at, exactly where you are in this moment. You know, and who's to say that you're not already the best version of yourself? Maybe you already are. How uh, is that, that could be possible. That, wow, yeah, wow. Another golden nugget, everyone. Boom. Um, <laughs> may, like you said, it, it may be you are your best version, but you're not accepting it yet. Yeah. And that, man, wow, that that is you. So we, I don't know if you saw our first interview, we had it with Nida. She mm. is a therapist in, from Manchester. And she always said therapy for the most part was just surface level. It was more coping, right? Every yeah. session with a therapist is just, I'm just trying to cope you to next week. Cause then yeah. you come back. She said, great therapists, they find the root. Mm -hmm. They really find like, okay, what is holding you to the ground where you can't get up? And again, what she said and what you said right now about the self-acceptance, I mean, that's like, 
again, I know you're, you're not a licensed therapist, correct? Right? You're you're like right. correct. And, school, yeah. Yep. And she's you know a licensed therapist. Like, but the fact that I think you both said the same thing. It's like, hey, it's deeper than just the the makeup, right? Take the yeah. makeup off. It, it's deeper. What's how are we gonna fix this? So. So when you like when you talk about your past experiences, do you still self-reflect on those past experiences, or do you are you the type of person that's like, hey, that was my past, and I'm gonna leave it there, or is it healthy to say, what what did I learn from my past, and how can I continue to learn from my past? Oh yeah, and I'm not even just I'm just learning moment to moment, like yesterday, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's helpful to to share those stories though, because it makes you relatable right you still want to want to talk about them but in a way of how that um contributed to your growth what you learned from it so you can talk about your past all you like but follow it up with what that meant for you how that helped you what you learned from it how that you know taught you to do something else instead not just leaving it there and you know where it's like unresolved Speaking of that, right, unresolved part of it, right? I, I want to come back to you, right? Okay. I, mean, I, I want this to be about Freya, right? Okay. So, like you said, you had 500 followers, then you had 50,000. Now you're at a, almost 115,000, right? Mm -hmm. I know there had to be some type of growth within yourself because now you have a larger audience. Everything you say now has more merit than it did the day before. Yeah because more eyes are on you, right? How did you progress through that, you know, growing to from someone to just got on Instagram to someone that's now doing crazy numbers? Not, n nothing changed. Um, you know, just more people started to listen. And I had a viral video. I had a viral video with, uh, how many was it? I know on, on TikTok it was 5 million. I think on Instagram it was maybe 2 million. There's a few that came up, a few million. That I was speaking in a way that was very open and honest that people were like, oh my God, like you read me. Like, how do you know me? Get out of my room right now. Are you cameras here spying on me? Mm -hmm. Like, you just called me out. That hurt. <laughs> that, whew, you hit me. You hit me when it hurts. People were like immediate follow this woman and, and, it, and you know what? It's like, that's always been in me, but it's how do I convey that? That is a skill that has to be developed on social media, how to convey messages to people in a way that grabs them and makes them know that you know what you're talking about. That's the hardest thing to do. Everybody's trying to do that right now. Everybody is making videos, talking about things, and they're very wise. They have wonderful information to share and I'll listen to them. But, you know, it's only getting 100 views and no comments um, and they're not really, you know, reaching the, the goals that they hope to. It's it's not easy. It really does take a lot of trial and error. How many videos I posted and then deleted. I'm like, well, that one sucked. <laughs> Nobody liked that one. Okay, maybe that one was too harsh. Ooh, maybe that one sounded a little condescending. Sometimes people will say that about my content. You sound condescending. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I hit a nerve with you. Don't. <laughs> you know? Deion Sanders said, "Don't let my 
don't let my confidence affect your lack of confidence. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's when he said that I was just like, wow, because when I used to be a real estate broker, I had a huge influence in my community. To this day, I haven't done real estate in over a year. I still get at least 10 messages. Hey, can you sell a bar house? I'm like, mm. I, I don't do that anymore, but I can help you with this still, right? Um, but I remember a couple of my past clients, they told me something that to me was the greatest compliment ever. And it said, the reason that people are gonna continue to come back to you is because you were always the same person. Mm-hmm. You're the same person from your kids, you're the same per- person at the office. Yeah. And it's hard to see people like that in real life. And I was yeah. just like, wow, like being authentic, right? So when you, I'm gonna be honest, a lot of the messages, there was one thing in common with all the messages. And, she, and they all said she is a badass, <laughs> you know what? And, and, but they meant it in a good way, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because to, in our society, if you're female or whatever, you're feminine, it's we, you have to act feminine all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have someone like yourself that's like, I'm speaking the real, this is who I am, and I don't give a shit if you like it or not, but this is, this is the reality of it. I think that's why you got so famous so fast because that's what we all want. We all want to feel accepted. We all want to be ourselves without being, without being teared down to be ourselves. Yeah. So when you said you were the same, right? And you got a couple of videos viral. You, you also mentioned that you did videos, you deleted them. You did the trial and error, right? So in your own mind, I'm about to flip it on you right now. I'm, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> in your own mind, do you feel like that's a little chaotic now because now you know I got to make a certain type of video or is it still like, this is how I feel, so I'm going to put it out there? There's some, there's some that I'll just leave them. Like, I believe in this. I'm going to let it just be. Okay. And there's others that I'll be like, yeah, I wasn't really in alignment with that. Maybe there was some energy that didn't um, meet where I wanted it to go. So that's what will happen but I'm human I'm comparing myself to other creators out there you know I'm looking at like the Gabby Bernstein and the Mel Robbins and the people with millions of followers and like how can I be like them what are they doing what works for them and you know what that is the mistake that is the mistake and I have to catch myself like no you are not going to be like them don't ever think that you are you are going to be Freya Mortensen you're just going to be you you don't have to copy what other people are doing to be successful. Clearly, you you did it on your own without any trends or any trending sounds. You you made a, a video um, all on your own that that exemplified your authenticity. So it's there. Stop questioning yourself. And so I got to catch myself when I get into those rabbit holes of like comparison and being like other people. Yeah. And I love, and here's why I asked you that question, right? Because we talked earlier about comparison is like the, the, like you said, that rabbit hole, right? It's again, my opinion, the worst thing about social media, the comparison aspect of it, even someone like yourself, that's successful, that's loves herself to a whole nother level, right? That's a new version of herself that's so successful on so many different levels, not just like financially and all that stuff. You still catch yourself doing it. And I want everyone to know this is ongoing progress for everyone, yeah. including like someone like Pedro that's just starting and someone that is famous like yourself, right? Like that just shows you that we all feel the same way. We all mm. want to get better, but we're still going to have those days where we take a step back and we're like, shit, why am I thinking like this? So 
not to trick you or anything like that, but just, I want to see the audience to see this because it's true yeah. because so many people come up to me at the gym and like, I want to look like you. And I'm like uh, a bald headed 33 year old. Like you want to look like this? You sure? Cause I don't want to look like this sometimes. <laughs> and they're like, no, I just want to, you know, you're always fit and stuff like that. And I always tell people, people that follow me, they know I do a hundred pushups a day. Even if I go to the gym, I do a hundred pushups a day. I've been doing it for about what, four or five months now. And the pushups do more for me than the gym workout. Yeah, I believe it. I, I see it, you know, and I feel good. So when they say they look like they want to look like me, I'm like, I didn't do nothing special. I literally did the most basic thing that anyone could do. Mm -hmm. And I was just consistent over time. Yeah. So with you coming back to Freya, right? She's like, Pedro, stop giving me, stop giving me punches over here. No, no, um, no, it's good. It's good. I like it. <laughs> so with your success, right? Now, I'm pretty sure you have a new daily routine the last three years, right? Being an entrepreneur, it's mm -hmm. it's nonstop. What does that daily routine look like? And what is the longevity you think for it? Meaning like, okay, I want to wake up at five in the morning every day and work out. Okay, that's cool. Am I going to do that on Saturday, Sunday? How long is this going to last? I have a busy schedule, right? So like that realization of can I really do that? Tell me about your personal daily routine and what your future goals are with it. Yeah, I think first and foremost, um, you have to be okay with making adjustments and changes to your routine. You know, a few years ago, I was I was driving my daughter to school every morning. I was getting up, I was making her lunch, uh, I was getting her breakfast and getting us out the door so I can get her to school. And then coming back home and seeing, okay, what do I need to do? Maybe I would go to the gym after I dropped her off. Maybe I would... Um, just come home and get straight to some work and some emails that I was like really excited to just dive into work and just get to it. Um, I always am consistent with drinking water when I wake up, a lot of water, taking my vitamins, um, eating a high protein diet, that is a must, and assessing the need for caffeine. There's days where I go, yeah, we don't need coffee today. Or we do, and it's just as like a treat. Um, making sure I'm having little meals throughout my day of protein is top, top of the, the list. Um, but you know, now my daughter's in high school and I don't have to drive her to school every morning. She gets herself to school and I'm so proud of her for being this little independent woman who wakes up all by herself and gets herself ready and out the door with that while I'm still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, and now I wake up and now my my routine is is ever, ever increasingly a mindfulness practice. I remember when I first um, undertook this entrepreneurial feat and I hired a coach. I hired um, a coach that taught me business skills, taught me marketing and copywriting and you know, objection handling and mindset and all sorts of things that I'm a great coach, but I know nothing about running a business. And we'd meet, you know, I, I did this this um, mentoring program for about a year and we'd meet and we'd want to share our, our wins. And people would talk about how their wins were enrolling so many clients or, you know, getting putting out good content or getting their flagship program finally put together or whatever their wins were. And mine increasingly over that period of time was I managed to have some good self-care and some good work-life balance. 
And so other people are just talking about hustle, hustle, hustle. And yes, you gotta, you gotta, especially in those first few years. But, you know, I'm entering into my second year at that time and I was really focused on, damn, this is going to be really unsustainable if I keep this up. So now, finally, oh, getting into that really nice sweet spot for myself, which is earned to a certain degree, you know, like you do have to exert a lot of energy in the beginning to get your business up and be seen. It it is exhausting. You're going to burn out at least once. That's to be understood. It's going to happen. No matter how good self-care you do, it's going to happen because you're learning new things that you never did before. Yes. Super big learning curve. Um, and now I, I got, I, I kind of got the lay of the land. I kind of know what's up. I know what to do. It's a lot easier, still challenges. Still giving myself challenges, but it's, but now I incorporate way more mindfulness into my day. So when I wake up, um, I'm sitting down and I'm meditating for 20 minutes, setting my insight timer for 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there. A lot of things happen during those 20 minutes. And then I get up and I'm very intentional. I'm intentional with how I'm going to spend my day. And a huge habit that I have is a night routine. My Mm. night routine sets the stage for what's going to happen the next day. It's that visualization process, right? So I'm writing down on my whiteboard, which is like my brain, my second brain. (laughs) Okay. What's going on tomorrow before bed? Let's look. What do we got to do? What do we, here's our mandatory things. Okay. We got this podcast with, with, with Pedro. And then, you know, we've got a meeting with our editor and then we've got a call with someone who wants to come into the program. Well, how do we want to fill in that time? What are some intentional things that we want to do? So if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But we kind of set an intention, right? Setting intention for, for the day ahead and carrying that so that when we wake up, we kind of already have some plans in place. We know where our day is headed. I love that. And speaking of the night routine, when in my first year of real estate, I really struggled and I didn't know why, but I did know one thing, my mindset changed. It wasn't money, money, money anymore. It was more relationships. And then when I focus on relationships, something else happened was, how important my night routine was and I was just like you know right before bed I journal and I talk about my day like you said right I got this 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 tomorrow I leave myself some cushion because you might have to pick up random lunch or kids might call from school and they have a tummy ache or whatever right so I gave myself cushion and then I noticed the more that I did my night routine the more that my morning routine was consistent so it was just like Oh, everyone's talking about your daily routine, your morning routine, your morning. Like, no, the night routine is equal, if not more important than your daily routine, because if I mess up my night routine, I'm gonna wake up tired. So mm-hmm. now if I wake up tired. I'm not going to get up at 545. At that point in my life, I was getting up at 430 in the morning, actually like 415. Yeah. Oh, I used to have tons of videos working out at 430. And everybody's like, you're crazy. But I knew. <laughs> If I got up at 4.30, I went to the gym. By the time I got home, brought Starbucks coffee, you know, to the wife and got the kids ready. All my hard stuff is done. So then I'm, I'm just a cool Pedro, the broker out there. Yeah. But now that I'm not in real estate and I have a great, I work in IT staffing, hybrid schedule, very a lot flexible. I don't have 95 text messages on my phone anymore. Um, 
I still do that night routine and my success is still going like this. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not in, I'm not an entrepreneur, quote unquote, anymore, but I'm still so much more productive than my competition. And it's because yeah. kids get, kids take a shower at 730. They get fed. They're sleeping by 815. I got this two hours now to do, get myself ready for the next day. So yep. like you, and you, I want to mention something else you said. You said something about is is it is this sustainable? I'm gonna burn out, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one of my questions too. Was like, okay, I had this routine, and how long can it last? The fact that you say you have to allow adjustments allows you to run the race longer than just mm-hmm. a twenty minute sprint. Yeah. So when it comes to your adjustments, can like, and this is for the audience, right? I know and you know what we mean by adjustments, but for the viewers out there. When we're talking about adjustments, are you referring to like, hey, my goal is still, let's just make a goal. Let's just say, I wanna make 10 grand in a month, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. right? Let's just give or take, right? Or a thousand, let's just make it a thousand, right? Let's say I wanna make a thousand dollars. I know if I work three days a week, whatever, I'm gonna make a thousand dollars within a month. Now, if I wanna hit that goal still and I made changes, what kind of changes should I do if I do make changes so that I can still hit my goal? Like as a coach, what would you suggest? One of the changes that I made was not to make money goals. And that sounds weird. That's number one right there. I love that you said that. That's number (laughs) one, right? So don't make a money goal. Instead, I make helping people goals. How many people do I want to help? How many people do I want to reach? And if that makes me money, okay, that's the, the indirect, um, outcome well it's kind of direct i guess it's direct isn't it it is direct and direct it's a direct outcome of my initial goal of helping people right so someone's going to come into my program not thinking great i'm going to get all this money from them no i get to help them money is i'm looking for a different word money sounds bad yeah it, it sounds bad with the correlation because what you're saying right now to everyone is saying, Hey, I'm not, that's not a goal. I don't have monetary goals. What I have is how many people I'm going to help. Yeah. But I used to have money goals. Cause that's what my coach would teach us. How much, where do you see yourself in a year from now? How much money do you want to have in your bank? You need to say, you need to know, you need to get there. And people would be like, I'm going to be making a million dollars. Like, damn, you're lucky if you made six figures. Okay. <laughs> and, and we think that making these lofty goals and setting the bar super high um is how we get there but no like how are you making that money so you set that money goal but how are you making it what are the things that you're doing that's more of what your goal is is focusing on all of those things um i know i went i diverted a little bit from your original question no i i love it because i want to i want to say something on your point too because i tell this to everybody especially the younger crowd out there because the younger crowd you know they're so big on the million dollars right Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're not making a million, you're not successful. I'm like, you don't really know that most people make 50 to 70 grand a year. But yeah, okay, buddy. But I, I always tell them this. If I paid you $1,000 an hour to pick up shit, <laughs> would you do it? Everyone says yes. And I say, okay. you, you say yeah until you're two years of picking up shit. Yeah. And you get tired of doing what? No, but then people are like, how do you make all your money? From picking up shit. That's what I do. I pick up shit. I'm a shit picker upper. 
Yeah. Pick her upper. Sponsor, <laughs> pick her upper. Um, <laughs> but like you said, now because you were so focused on the 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 thousand dollars to pick up the shit an hour, now you're like you're identifying yourself as a shit pick upper. Like you just said, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, shit I pick scooper. up shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like scoop the poop. I'm a scooper pooper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the most successful people I know always say, I found something I was passionate about. Yes. And whether I made the money or not. Yeah. I'm going to focus on that. Yeah. So that's I, the focus. Yeah. That's that's the focus, right? So everyone listening, I, I think it's time for we stop so being so focused on the monetary goal, mm-hmm. the goals, right? Let's not focus on how much can I make in a year. Let's focus on what whatever it is, right? Cuz a lot of people are not entrepreneurs. A lot of people may work as an accountant. So if you're an accountant, what is that? Why are you an accountant number one? What are you passionate about being an accountant? focus on that and everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. And a lot of people will tell you there's this guy on TikTok, he'll stop people on the street and be like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And they'll say what they do for a living and he'll say, "What's the best part of your job?" And often like 80% of the time, almost 100% of the time, the people, "What's the best part of your job?" they'll say, "The people. Meeting cool people, connecting with people." It it it's being able to help people you know it's it's a connection your job is able to do that for you then that's that's where the money's at what um i I work for a national company we're we're pretty big and one of the things they always preach is go back to the basics treat people like people because my specific job i'm actually talking to it directors ceos and cfos that's what i do every single day and people always ask me like dude don't you get nervous talking to these people and i'm like i don't get nervous because right now we're about to go play golf and have about five brewskis on the course and the reason i could do that is because i treat them i'm not kissing their ass i'm treating them like people yeah like freya people see you on the streets right oh that's that girl from instagram oh wow 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 right i'm pretty sure you're not like mm, thank you <laughs> thank you very much no I'm pretty sure you're like, you seem like a, you seem like a hugger to me. Like you're, you're probably out there giving people a hug and Hey, thank you for connecting with me. Right. I could be wrong. Yeah. Right. No, but, I'd be like, no, thank you. Oh my God. It's so great to meet you. Oh my gosh. You know, like, this you, is great you, right now. Yeah. You make them feel like they're the person with all the followers. Yeah. yeah. Just, just because who you are. So Freya, I, I want to, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but I do want to ask you one more big question. Now, are you ready for this big question here? Oh, <sighs> All, right. All right, everybody, here it comes. No, seriously, it's not gonna even be that bad. Um, how do we connect with you? And here's why I wanna ask, everyone says at the end of the interview, right? How do we connect yeah, yeah. with you? I think this is so important, especially for my network as we've been in, we, the Mental Fabric podcast has been going on for a month now. Mm-hmm. It's been on my mind for six months. I was just too scared to do it. And I noticed that everyone that I've done an interview with, they always tell me, Pedro, this person reached out to me, this person reached out to me. So our audience, even though it's not huge, it's about 5,000, give or take, they actually reach out and they actually connect with the people, which to me is the greatest compliment ever. So tell me, what is your preferred method of contact and can people contact you? Yeah, as as everyone heard at the beginning of this, you know, you send me a DM over on Instagram at empathic coach, um, empathic coach, and I 
think you can even find me just by putting my name in there, Freya Mortensen. People can reach out to me that way. Uh, there's also a link in that um, Instagram bio where people can send me an email if they prefer that instead. Um, and freyamortensen.net is my website that's got a whole bunch of um, ways to see what my offers are. Uh, right now I'm, I'm doing a giveaway. I don't know if it'll still be going by the time this podcast comes out, but um, for my <laughs> online coaching um, membership, The Evolving Empath. And it's an online platform that gives you lifetime access to all of the contents there. It's for people who, you know, just need something but aren't able to invest. So I, I really want to be able to consider everybody's financial needs. And that's why I'm giving away 10 free memberships to this platform. And yeah, so it's a spot where people can learn more about themselves and come join me for monthly Q and A's. It's a great platform that I just launched a few months ago. So it's still in its beginning phases, but yeah, there's lots of ways to find me. You can even just type my name in Google and see all this, all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Learn all you want about me. <laughs> and let me say this as well. You know, Freya is not the type of person that just does her own thing. She is always on other people's Instagram lives. I was at the last one. Um, I forgot who was with, um, but she was from, was she from Europe? You were oh, the conscious shift? Yeah, that one. Where is Monica. she? Monica. She's in Mexico right now, but I think, yeah, I, I think maybe she does have some UK background. See, again, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> United States. Yep. We got Canada. Yep. Like, it's just so crazy. This is the actual power of social media if it's done correctly. Mm -hmm. It's connecting people and global connection. Exactly. And Freya, I hope to have you again. I definitely want to do a Q&A with you and uh, Nida, the therapist, because you guys, mm -hmm. you're both so genuine. I know you will love her and I know she's going to love you. Um, and you both have a huge social, me social media following, um, even though she's in Manchester. You know, we're all over the place over here. Yeah. I got to get someone from Australia next on the, on the podcast. It's <laughs> a little trickier <laughs> with the time zones. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. Um, but all, all seriousness, like, thank you so much, Freya. This has been, like, I learned a lot. Um, I'm going to go on my journal tonight. I'm going to process some of the stuff you said. Um, again, one of the things that I'm going to do now for myself is I'm going to change my monetary goal. Um, because again, mm -hmm. you get so caught up with it, right? We all work hard, you get caught up with it. But at the end of the day, it's like, I remember the year I made my most money I ever made. I went to the hospital four times because I thought I had a heart attack. Four times, I'm 33 years mm -hmm. old. At that time I was what, 29? And I went four times, I thought I had a heart attack. And it's just like, the money is not gonna make you happier. And in fact, if you chase it, it's gonna kill you faster. Um, yeah. And I'm living proof of that. So. Uh, man, I'm not going to make this everyone a Debbie Downer right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, any, any final yeah. thoughts, Freya? Oh, it's just been a pleasure, pleasure just talking to you. I love the questions that you asked. I think this is a great uh, combo and really looking forward to hearing the feedback um, from people that are listening. Awesome. Well, Freya, thank you so much for your time. Everyone else, our information is going to be at the bottom and uh, we'll see you guys soon. <laughs>